Salam, Khoshabadi. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Team Elite Talk. I'm your host, Artif Takhari. It's always nice to have you. And for this edition of Team Elite Talk, I'm really excited to share with you that I have a diehard Team Elite supporter on the phone with me to talk about Team Elite, our national team of Iran. He also is a big follower of Iranian football. His name is Armin, and he is from Oslo, Norway. Armin, welcome to Team Elite Talk. Hey, man, what's up? All right, doing okay over here. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. We know the final round draw was a few weeks back, but let's let's move back. Let's go back a little bit and talk about how things have gone so far for Team Elite. The second round of qualifying did just finish, and in that group, as you remember, Iran was grouped with Oman, Turkmenistan, Guam, and India. So, of course... Six wins and two ties, Iran won the group. So, in your opinion, out of all those games Iran played, were there some games where you felt that you were maybe not too happy with Team Ali when in some of those games they played? Yeah, the first game against uh, Turkmenistan, it was uh, the one where it drew 1-1. It was a away game. Yeah. Uh, I was not happy with the performance. It's, but then again, it was the quality of the field. And, uh, you know, I, the team hadn't played with each other for maybe four or three months. So, and it was, uh, I kind of expected it to not be so great. And the results didn't come out great either. But, uh, yeah, it was the only game where I was not so happy. That's true. I still, you know, the funny thing is when I look back at that game, I still remember the day that game came. That was in, I believe, in June of 2015. And for some reason, I just yeah. found, for some reason, I just found myself saying, okay, the game is in Turkmenistan. I knew Iran, I knew it was a game Team Ellie should have won, but I just had a feeling that something wasn't going to work right. And it's kind of frustrating that that was basically the one goal Turkmenistan scored was probably their best chance of the match. Yes, it was their only match. We attacked like 10 times and maybe in the first half, but we only scored once because the, I think it was Osmond who scored after four or three minutes and uh, we maybe I think we got uh, too cocky after that and uh, we played a bit slow because we thought we would score many goals and uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, we started uh, to play a bit bad after that and uh, they saw that and uh, took the chance and scored from Yep, of course, I remember that. I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't able... Unfortunately, I was not able to watch the full game, but I saw the match report. Of course, I was a little annoyed. Okay, so not obviously, no problems in the games against Guam and India, naturally. But the game, of course, and Iran did beat Oman 2-0, the last uh, match of that phase. But what about the 1-1 tie in Oman? We didn't play that in very good in that game. I remember our attack was... Uh... I don't know, they didn't, they didn't have a good chemistry with each other and I remember our goal was scored by Jalal Saini from a corner and uh, other than that, we didn't have any good chances. So that game was a bit uh, difficult for us too because it was in Oman, it's never easy to play there and they have a good goalkeeper but we didn't have a lot of chances in that game. Definitely and the one thing I'm sure you and I are both familiar about with you know, Team Ellie and also Team Ellie fans that it seems like they always have something to be upset about. But in that in that phase, you know, six wins, two ties, they won the group. And it's my hope that 
if they did, obviously they did, they did have a couple of bad games. So it's my hope that, you know, just forget about those bad games and get things rolling. Uh, of course, man. Uh, now we are true. I think we can just forget the round two because the real test will be now in round three. It's so much harder opponents. And uh, if we really want to go to World Cup, uh, we should be able to beat most of these teams and have an easy way. But as you know, Team Ali never wants to do it the easy way and uh, there will always be some difficult times for the team and uh, some heartbreaking times as usual. It's never a, like an easy way to work up. You're absolutely right. And with everything you just said, let's let's talk about Team Ellie's opponents in the next round of qualifying. So a, a small difference from the previous 2014 qualification, instead of five teams in the final, instead of five teams in each group, now there's six teams in each group. So with Iran, we know we got to face some familiar opponents. We have South Korea, Uzbekistan. They were both in the group last time with Iran, as well as Qatar. The two other teams that Iran has not faced too much lately, we, China and Syria. So when you take a look at Iran's group, I know you just said you, know, you, you, you just said a lot, and that's great. You said Iran seems to do things the hard way. They never make things easy for themselves. I mean, so, honestly, I think they just like doing things the Iranian way, but maybe that is almost the same thing as the hard way. So having said all that, with all the teams, with the teams that Iran has to face, let's start from, let's start, you know, one thing at a time. Naturally, who do you think is the most dangerous team in Iran's group? Of course, it's uh, going to be uh, South Korea because uh, they, we beat them three times in a row now. And I think they're very... They, they want to beat us now. They're tired of uh, like losing to us. And uh, I was hoping for Japan, but we got Korea. And I think we must just uh, do our work and try to beat them because uh, they, they really want to beat us, I think, after those three games we played against them. So I think they will be our hardest opponent. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the in the previous in that in the final round of qualifying for 2014, Iran beat South Korea both times one nothing and in those games were dogfights. I mean, even the game in Iran was tough, and the game in South Korea. South Korea completely outplayed Iran. Iran just and all, from what I remember, Reza Gucenajad he capitalized on a mistake by the South Korean defender. I mean, that's I think some people could even sit here and say that that is that big mistake by the South Koreans is what got Iran in the 2014 World Cup. Yes, uh, we didn't play good at all in that game. I mean, that was our only chance, or maybe second chance, where they had like 20 or 15 chances. Like, they had like only five chances in the last five minutes of the game. But I think uh, luck was on our side, so we won that game. And uh, yes, uh, fortunately, went to World Cup. When you said luck, what you said luck was on our side. Is this next final round kind of scaring you a little bit? Because look at Iran's track record. You know, we qualified in '98, we missed out on 2002, we made it to 2006. So we had, we didn't have good luck in the 2010 qualifying, but then we made it 2014. So are you kind of being, are you little, are you maybe being a little skeptical? Are you kind of maybe a little worried, wondering what's going to happen? Uh, no, not so much because. The times are different a bit back then. It's not so great coaches. The team didn't have a, like a good communication with each other, you know. Because back then they 
it was like only about one player or two players. But if you look at it now, the it's a team. It's like a team with a great coach, Carlos Keres, you know, and they have respect for him. And I think they will be prepared because he's a great coach and he, I think he knows these opponents he play against very well. And uh, I think he will do a great job. I'm definitely hoping for the same thing. And I think what you're saying that's most important is that there's continuity this time with Team Elian. When you have continuity and you have good coaches and you have good player selection and you know the team and the players play well as a team that right there says a lot so let's look at some of our te- let's, you know so we know of course south korea is going to be tough they're a dangerous team there's no shock there they they're full of talent everywhere even their head coach uli stilica kind of wants revenge from that one nothing loss to iran in that friendly match but that was just a friendly but i think the fact that they were upset over a one nothing friendly match shows just how big this rivalry is and might even be the best rivalry in Asia. Yes, we have played them uh, many times and I remember after the friendly game, uh, their coach was very mad and uh, I remember he said he wanted revenge or something like that and uh, I think he hopes to get that now but uh, to be honest, I don't think they will get it and it will be a big match though and, but I hope you're up in for whoever pays attention to Asian football and World Cup qualifying, when you look at the group that Iran is in, I think right away everyone is very quick to say, okay, Iran and South Korea are going to finish in the top two and get those automatic qualification spots. But you know what? I've been talking to people about another team in this group, and they have a lot of good players, and I'm, you know, they they know how to give Iran problems. So do you think Uzbekistan will give Iran the same problems to be honest, I don't think so because uh, I've seen the uh, some of their highlights from their games and they don't look so good as they were in back in the last qualification and they had a bit. Now we had also luck against them and they had luck against us back home in Tehran, but this time I don't think their team is that great. To be honest, I think we will. I hope we will beat them both home and away because uh, they're not so strong I think anymore. All right, well, it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see how things go when Iran plays them and I think that's another team that Iran has been developing a rivalry with. So next though, what about China? People have been talking about China. I guess they've been investing a lot of money in their Chinese Super League and they got to the final round as one of the four best second place teams. In your opinion, does China seem like a dangerous team? I mean, of course, we know Iran needs to take all their opponents seriously. But from your point of view, what do you think of China? I don't think China will be a very hard. But then again, I I think maybe maybe they can be they can create some danger to us, but not so much. But I think it will be a hard game against them too, especially the game that will be played in China. It's always hard to play there, but uh, I rate them as uh, hard as Uzbekistan. Okay, all right, ranking them as hard as as Uzbekistan. It's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a, it could be a very wide open group. A lot of basically, like we, like you said, every game could be tough, and especially the road games will always be tough. And the other two teams, yeah. you know, Qatar and Syria, and I, and last qualifying, Iran tied Qatar zero zero in Iran, 
I mean, fortunately, they beat Qatar 1-0 in Doha in that huge win in June of 2013. But just tell me something. Why is it that Iran always has so much trouble with Qatar? I think every country from the Persian Gulf becomes like double as good as they are to beat us. I don't know if they get motivation to beat us or something like that. It's, but they always get better when they face us, though. Very true. I think also one thing we could even say about that, though, is that it's that same thing where Team LE seems to have uh, the same kind of recurring problems. They'll play sometimes, you know, below their level of skill against teams like Qatar or against teams like Kuwait, maybe even against Oman and also Bahrain. But yet when they play against teams like South Korea or Japan, they just, you know, Iran, they bring their A game. It's like they know they have, it's like they know they can beat those teams or maybe they feel like those teams are a little better and they just have to play better. I mean, sometimes I don't even know what to say for some of these explanations. The games with those kind of teams is more mental than the actual football. I, I think it's just more mental problems, but I think maybe Carlos Kielos can fix that and uh, hopefully it will not be our problem anymore. And now for the last team in our group, I remember before the draw, the two weakest teams that were in the draw for the final round were Syria and Thailand. Do you think Iran got the tougher of the weakest teams in their group? No, but because Syria doesn't play at home, and uh, Thailand uh, could be far away, and the players would be tired, so I think Syria is actually good too. Their team is... Uh, yeah, their best player, they have one in the Saudi League, but he doesn't play for a national team. I don't really know why, but but their team, I don't, I'm don't, i not so familiar with, but I don't think they're so much better than Thailand. Let's take a quick break, everyone. We'll be right back. My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Team Melly Talk. Okay, everyone, welcome back to Team Melly Talk. Hope you've been enjoying my discussion with Armin from Oslo about Team LE and their chances in the final round of World Cup qualification. And just to make sure, uh, if you want to mark something on your calendar, Iran's first match of the final round will take place on September 1st against Qatar. That'll be at the Azadi Stadium in Tehran. So now we're going to shift gears a little bit, Armin. So right now in the Iranian Pro League, there are two games left for each team in the regular season. And right now it's very exciting because there are three teams that are tied for first place with 51 points. First, Esteglal of Tehran, then Esteglal Huzestan, who have been basically the feel-good story of the year. You could even call them the Leicester City of the Iranian Pro League. And then Perspolis in third place. They also have they also have 51 points. They are in third because of goal difference. Esteglal Tehran and Esteglal Huzestan are tied with a goal difference, but Esteglal Tehran has um, has the advantage for scoring more goals. So, of course, I remember, I think you told me before that you are actually an Esteglal Tehran fan. So, what's your take for the remaining few weeks of the Iranian Pro League? Um, I think any of these teams can win, but we have to look who their next opponents are. Esteglal is going to play Tractor Sazi in the next game. Uh, it's going to be a very hard match because, as you know, Tractor's coach, Adenoy, was Estelov's previous coach, and he doesn't want to see Estelov in the championship with 
Madlumi, so I think he will do anything to prevent uh, IS Taglor win. And the next game after that is against Sabah. Uh, and uh, it's an away game, it's also going to be hard. But uh, Estaglon, Khuzestan, they they have also two next matches as well as Persepolis. And uh, Estaglon will meet uh, Padide, Khorasan and Zoban. That's also two hard games. So they all, they both Estaglon, Teron and Khuzestan have hard games. And Persepolis will play Kostarish away and Rohan. The Gostarish game, I think, will be a bit hard for them, but the Rohan game at home should be easy for them. Naturally, I do want Perspolis to to win the title, because that's my team by default. But one thing I will be honest about is that I would not be upset if Estegla-Huzestan, if they were to find a way to win the title. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? wins of course but uh, since it's a close race but I just hope uh, Paris Police doesn't win it but I would be mad either but I just hope Estelol wins it and if not Estelol Huzestan it's going to be good it's going to be interesting to see how things finish this season and like you just said Tractor Sazi will be playing Estelol on May 8th and you made a very good point when you brought up that the coach of Tractor Sazi is Amir Galanoi, and he also used to coach Estegal. So definitely, that that should be that definitely is a game that should be watched for the Iranian Pro League. And but let me ask you: so you said you were a fan of Estegal, but are you also a fan of Amir Galanoi because he has been very successful with Estegal in the past? No, I'm not a fan of him. I don't have any opinion on me, of him, but I'm not really a big fan of him. And uh, yeah, he's not one of my favorite coaches. So yeah, but I don't have any opinion on him either. Okay, well, naturally, I don't have too big of an opinion necessarily on Galanoi. One thing I could say is I understand that he's a very well-respected coach in the Iranian Pro League. And I, I'm okay with that. I just don't want him to be the head coach of Team LE again. And I'm sure you and I could both agree on that one. Uh, yes, uh, we remember how it went when he was the coach during the 2007 Asian Cup. And uh, yeah, we, I think everybody, every Iranian fan doesn't want him to become Team LE coach again. And on that note, let's shift gears one more time to the 2016 Asian Champions League. When looking at Group A, it's already it's unfortunate that Sepahan of Isfahan have already been eliminated. But in Group B, Zobahan have already clinched the top spot in the group. And in Group C, Traktor Sazi have already clinched the top spot in the group. So we know we're, there will be two Iranian teams in the knockout stage. So what do you think about the chances for Zobahan or Traktor Sazi in, in the knockout stage of the Asian Champions League? They both have a good chance to go to the next stage. Zoban will meet Al Ain from the Emirates, who have many skilled players like that Abdurrahman, Omar Abdurrahman, I think, who is one of the best Asian players. If you look uh, yeah, at skills, and uh, it will not be a hard, uh, easy game for them, but I think they can do it. I don't know who Traktor will play against in the 
knockout final. So yeah, we'll have to see. But I think they can also manage to go through. But it won't be easy for uh, neither of the teams. Absolutely, especially in the knockout stage, the best teams are there. But the one thing worth mentioning and. Look, I made this clear before that I do not talk about politics on this podcast. But when I'm looking at the standings right here and the possible matchups, it says here that Tractor Sazi will play against the runner-up of Group A. And looking at Group A here in the group stage, one of those, the runner-up could possibly be Al-Ittihad of Saudi Arabia. And I'm sure you know where this is going. And the thing is, I really don't want to see Tractor Sazi have to play Al-Ittihad uh, two times at neutral venues because I just don't think I just don't think it's fair at all. Mm, I actually think it's better to play them on a neutral venue than going to Saudi Arabia. But then again, they won't be playing in Iran. But I think it's not a huge deal to play in a neutral ground, so it won't be a big of a problem, actually, in my opinion. All right. Well. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. And actually, Sepahan will be playing Al-Ittihad. Of course, Sepahan has nothing left to play for, so that's true. They, have, they cannot advance to the knockout stage, but I think they would like to play the role of spoiler. And in your opinion, are you surprised at all that Sepahan... Uh, are you surprised at how Sepahan has played the Champions League? I mean, they started off with a 2 nothing win against Al Nasser of the United Arab Emirates, and in four matches in a row, not only did they lose... But they were shut out in all four of those losses. I mean, what's your take on that? I think the, the coach they had, uh, the Croatian coach they had, didn't really had enough time to manage the team, and he wasn't so respected coach back home in Croatia either. And the first game I watched, they had like three or five more chances they could easily score on which they didn't even score on and I thought if they're gonna waste their chances like that against harder opponents they won't go through and as well the next game they didn't use their chances and the opponent score and yeah they didn't perform well at all okay everyone we are getting close to wrapping this up but Armin for all the listeners go ahead and share with us how long have you been a follower of Team LA. How diehard of a Team LA fan are you? Uh, I've been following since I was maybe... Since the World Cup 2006, when I was maybe 8 years old, I think. And after that, I watched some matches here and there, but it was in maybe 2009, 9 or 10, I actually started to... Watch the games. No, I watched in 2008 too. The World Cup qualification for the 2010. I it was that time I really started to watch every game. With being a diehard fan, have you had the privilege to watch Team Eli play at the Azadi Stadium in Tehran, Iran? Yes, I've watched the game we had against Qatar for the 2014 World Cup qualification which ended uh, nil-nil and uh, yes it was uh, it wasn't the best game to watch 
uh, because it was a, actually it was a field. It was no more uh, seats available, so it was like hundred and twenty thousand, I think, in that game. But it still ended zero zero, and yeah, it could have ended better. But yeah, a match is a match. But I watched him mainly in Austria, some friendly games, and I watched him mainly in Sweden play against Sweden. Awesome. And the one thing I wanted to ask about that game when you were there, the qualifier against Qatar, I mean, were you just extremely upset that you didn't get the chance to to yell enjoy for Team LE? Yes, I was kind of mad after the game because we had many chances, uh, but we didn't score. But the fact is that I've actually never seen Team Melee win a game live. So every time I watch them, they drew or lost a game. Well, that's unfortunate. I hope that'll change for you the next time you go see Team LE. And, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. What can I say? I've experienced some fun moments with Team LE, but I've also experienced some heartbreak with them as well. And with that, Armin, just want to say thank you very much for appearing on Team LE Talk. It was really nice to have you. It was great, it was great to have the input of a diehard Team LE supporter. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, it was fun being on the podcast and uh, i wish you luck all right everyone that's it for this edition of team le talk thank you for listening but before we let you go we do have one update from the 2016 asian champions league in group a sepahan was defeated 2-0 by al Ittihad of saudi arabia but locomotive tashkent and al nasser of the united arab emirates actually tied 0-0 so with that Al Nasser of the United Arab Emirates and Al Ittihad of Saudi Arabia finished even with the same amount of points with nine. But Al Nasser actually will clinch the second place spot due to the head-to-head tiebreaker against Al Ittihad. So that means Al Ittihad have been eliminated. And therefore, we now know the matchups for the knockout phase for the Asian Champions League. Of course, we're focusing on the Western zone. So for these matchups... Al-Hilal of Saudi Arabia will take on Lokomotiv Tashkent of Uzbekistan. Al-Nasser of the United Arab Emirates will take on Traktor Sazi of Iran. Al-Ain of the United Arab Emirates will take on Zobahan of Iran. And the other matchup will be two Qatari teams, Lehuya against El Jaish. The legs for these matches will take place on the 17th and 18th of May. And the second legs will take place on the 24th and the 25th of May. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Team Ali Talk. I'm your host, Artif Zakhari. Chodafis.